Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today we're going to do something a little different. I was recently a guest on the Curiosityness Podcast on the topic of getting started with mountain biking. If you're listening to the Single Tracks Podcast, chances are you're already a mountain biker, but you also probably have friends and family members who are not. So whether you're looking for ways to convince your friends to join you, or you know someone who could benefit from this discussion, we hope you find this helpful. All right. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing, Travis? Doing good, man. Thanks for being on. Stoked to talk. So where are you at? Where are you based out of? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, actually in Decatur, which is uh, just east of Atlanta, about five miles or so. Oh, okay. So pretty close. So is that like suburban type stuff or what, what kind of area is that? Uh, it's actually not. Um, it's it's pretty urban, or at least I would call it urban. I grew up in the suburbs, um, but here in Decatur, everything is really walkable. We got lots of bars and restaurants and breweries, and uh, there's even a, a train line. We can hop on the train and get to the airport and stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, sounds like a good area. So, are you close to to mountain biking trails and stuff, or is that a trek for you? I'm not, not official ones anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the challenges, I guess, with mountain biking is that for the most part, people have to, a car is involved, right? They have to throw their bikes on a car. I mean, unless you're blessed to live, you know, like a small town in Colorado or somewhere out West like that. Yeah. For most of us, we got to get in a car, but fortunately we do have some green spaces, some short little trails we can ride in town and sort of piece together using paved roads. So it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. I had a buddy who went to big mountain biker, super into it. And, uh, he went to uh, school in Flagstaff just mainly because it was close to a bunch of mountain biking trails. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people do that. A lot of people will choose where to live. You know, they'll, they'll pick the company they want to work for. I know, um, my wife, when we moved to Colorado Springs, I lived out there for a few years and, uh, she worked for Intel, the semiconductor company, and they had just oh, yeah. opened. Yeah, they had just opened a factory in Colorado Springs, which is you know it's a smaller town. It's kind of a weird spot, but part of that was uh, they wanted to attract quality employees, and you know the mountain bike lifestyle attracts a lot of younger, like uh, I guess more tech oriented people, and so that that was part of their decision and you're even seeing it in bentonville arkansas of all places that's become sort of a mountain bike destination and for those who don't know that's where walmart has their headquarters and so it's actually the walton family foundation that's building these trails again in hopes of attracting a good workforce for them you know they're working to become more of a digital company and Again, mountain bike trails <laughs> seem to line up, I guess, with that type of employee or that, that sort of mindset. Wow, interesting. I never thought of that or even knew about that, but it makes sense that if it just happens to be that that's who they want to attract and that's what they're into, then they're going to try to cultivate that around the area. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess it's a good demographic in a lot of ways. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but, you know, mountain biking is not a cheap sport. And so, you know, it is going to attract more educated folks in general. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the, the goal of this, this talk here, this podcast is to just help. I mean, we'll, we'll use me because I want to, I've, I haven't really been mountain biking basically never. And, uh, 
want to get into it. So we'll use me as like the case study. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions on how to get started and what to do, because it's like, you know, it's intimidating to get started. And when you just do a search on the internet, there's like a shitload of information that's hard to sift through, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested too, to, to get your perspective as someone who's outside the sport and is thinking about joining up or, you know, what, I mean, what is it that's attracted you to it so far or or has made you want to find out about it? Well, it just seems like a, I have some friends who do it and it just looks really fun. (laughs) I mean, obviously I've ridden bikes my whole life, but just, you know, on the sidewalk and stuff. Yeah. So it just looks fun. I want to get into it and it seems like a good, uh, good workout too, good exercise that could, you know, do everything. I'm into surfing a bit here in, in Long Beach and LA area. So yeah, I just, I enjoy doing a, rather than going to the gym, I prefer to, you know, go do like a sport or recreational activity type of thing where I can get a workout in, but it's also, it's not like mind numbingly boring, you know? Yeah. Sounds like you, you already understand mountain biking pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. So yeah, I mean, how should we start? Do we start with like, if someone's never done it, can you give us an intro of like what to expect or should we start with like, I guess equipment or what, where's the first step for people, I guess. It is a bit of a chicken and egg sort of problem. And I mean, I think for a lot of us though, we we can probably think back to when we were kids and we had that first bike and chances are your first bike, it probably had knobby tires on it. You know, it wasn't like a road bike or anything as a kid. And as kids, we would just ride our bikes off road. We'd ride it on the road, we'd ride it off the road. And so I think that's, that's probably the best thing. Like if you enjoyed that as a kid, that's probably a good place to start and a good sort of spark for it. And, and the good thing, you know, I kind of alluded to it, but mountain biking can get expensive, I guess, like a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of equipment involved, but that shouldn't be a deterrent for everybody. I mean, you can, you can certainly go to a bike shop and rent a bike. Some of them might even let you borrow a bike, you know, if you're, you're telling them you're serious about getting into it or checking it out. So, and, and a lot of the bike brands will do like demo days where you can show up at a, a local mountain bike trail and they'll have a bunch of bikes there for you to just take out and give it a try for free. So that, that's probably the best way to do it. And it also really helps to have friends that are into it. Like you mentioned, if you have somebody, you know, who mountain bikes, then they're almost always going to be really stoked to, bring you along with them and and show you exactly what it is that they do and why they enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. The only thing that I've run into, not with, this isn't with mountain biking, but when I first started surfing, I had some friends who, who had been surfing since they were like little kids Mm -hmm. and basically just, they're like, yeah, come along. We'll show you how to do it. And just like threw me into it with (laughs) like, waves that I were too big. I wasn't ready for it. So, yeah, yeah. so that can be an issue too, where they'll just, they're not the best teachers. They'll just throw you into the stuff. So yeah, you got to pick your, your friend wisely, you know, yeah, yeah. some people are better than <laughs> others at introducing them. And I've been guilty of that. I mean, it's taken me a long time to figure out, um, exactly how to do that because yeah, like you said, after you've been doing it for a while, there are things that you think, Oh, that's easy. But then you bring somebody new along and you're like, Oh, that's not as easy as I thought it was, or, you know, it's been a long time since, since I learned to do that. And I have a couple of young kids and, and I've been teaching them how to ride. And so that's kind of helped me, I guess, understand it a little bit better, um, to, to just be a lot more patient and to really like start at 
the basic, basic level, you know, somewhere that's going to be a trail that's, that's nice and wide and, and is fairly flat and doesn't have a lot of like roots or rocks or anything like that. And then, yeah, from there, you just, you just keep riding and try new things and try to get more comfortable. Okay, cool. So, so the first step for someone who's maybe ever never even done this would be to find like a a shop or a rental company or like a demo day or something and just get on a bike and try it, right? Yeah, and you can most of the there are a ton of bike brands. I mean, if you search online for mountain bike brand, I mean there's there's going to be hundreds, but the biggest ones like Trek and Giant and Specialized they're going to typically run these demo events all over the country and usually they'll they'll do it with a local shop so your local bike shop will have these days on the calendar where they say hey we're going to be out at this trail near town uh come on out and check out the bikes and so yeah i would i would really recommend that if you've never done it before uh it's just a really fun way and you can talk to the people from the shop there you can talk to the people from the brands and they'll really help you get dialed into like exactly what you want to do and what kind of equipment you're going to need to do that. Okay. No, that's good. And then, I mean, kind of being in the the mountain biking community, are, are people like generally pretty cool and open to new people coming in and, and teaching people? Because I, I know, like, at least from my experience, it can be intimidating and, you know, a little embarrassing almost to come into like a demo day or something like that and say like, you, I have no experience. Like, where do I start? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's, People are people. And so (laughs) there's going to be some really nice open people. And then there's going to be people that aren't so welcoming. And, you know, there's, there is a bit of a like bro culture, I think in mountain biking, or there has been historically, but that's really, really changing just in the last few years. Most of the brands, the industry itself is, is trying to build a lot more diversity. And so you're seeing a lot more outreach to women. There are a lot more women riding now. Um, And so for the most part, people are going to be very open. Um, but that being said, there are still jerks out there, <laughs> you know, just like in any sport. And and my recommendation would just be don't let that discourage you or get you down at all. You know, if you go out somewhere and you're on a trail and you're having a hard time and somebody comes up from behind you and gives you a dirty look or they say something because you're in their way, like just ignore them. Like they're being a jerk. You're fine. (laughs) Like there's a lot of people take it. They kind of internalize it and say, Oh man, like I'm, I'm not good or I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be out there. You have just as much right to be out there on the trail as anybody else. And so, yeah, I, I can't guarantee that it's going to be a fun, easy experience initially, but it's all about your attitude that you take into it and, and just know that it's fine. Everybody's got to start somewhere and, hopefully the people around you will be helpful. Cool. Yeah, no, I like, that was a good answer, Jeff. I, I appreciate that. I think that'll, for me, that'll help me out. And I think that'll help a lot of people listening out too, where it's like, it's probably, it might happen. It's, it's, you know, it's not like it's not going to happen, I guess, but yeah, but you have a right to be out there. So that's good. And then, so let's say, you know, I go and I just rent a bike. Would you recommend trying to find like a, a trail at first or where should I take, where should I go out on my first time? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always a challenge for me. You know, I've been, I've been riding for 20 years at least. And my, my big thing, kind of the thing that hooked me was, was finding new trails. I always enjoy exploring new trails and seeing trails in different locations, you know, around the country, even around the world. And so trail selection to me is really important. And 
again, I think if you're just starting out, starting out, the thing you're going to want to do first is go to like a, like a greenway. If, if people know what that is, you know, like a, a path that's not on the road, it could be paved. A lot of them are paved or even like a gravel road could be a good place to start because that's where for the most part, it's pretty wide. There's smooth surfaces. Um, it's dirt still. So you need to start to learn like how to handle the tires in the dirt and traction and all that kind of stuff. But then beyond that, you can also look, there are a lot of websites. Our website, singletracks.com actually is, is one of the first that started cataloging mountain bike trails around the world. So you can go on a site like ours and search for a trail you, you put in your city or your state, and then you can filter them by difficulty. So obviously you're going to want to start with one that is said to be beginner friendly. And, you know, it's sort of like skiing. Like if you've ever been skiing before, there's green, blue, black, uh, diamond rated trails. And so, yeah, just start with the greens and, and go from there. Okay. So yeah, there's a ton of things like that. I've started looking at those, but what is a, I mean, is a greenway or is that just kind of like a little bike or walking path that could be through a forest or something like that? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. They're usually, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else people call them. It's, a lot of times it's called a bike path. And, and for me, I distinguish between a path and a trail, you know, a path is, is wide. It's wide enough for a couple people to ride side by side or, you know, to have like two way traffic on it. And a lot of times these are places where people are going to be out jogging or walking, so yeah, that's a greenway. I mean, honestly, that's kind of boring, right? For mountain bikers, mountain bikers want something that's, they want a trail that's more narrower. Um, and we call that single track. That's what our website is named after. Uh, single tracks is this idea that, that it's only wide enough for a single bike or a person to, to go down one at a time. So that that's really what people are going to enjoy the most. And that's kind of the goal is to get up to the point where you can ride single track. And that's not to say you can't do that right away. I mean, these days mountain bike trail builders are really trying to keep beginner riders in mind and they're building these single track trails that anybody can ride, you know, kids, families, first time people. And so those kinds of trails are, are great. And that's, if you can find one of those trails, that's where you're going to get hooked because you're going to ride it and it's going to be so much fun and, and you're going to want to keep doing it again. <laughs> Sweet man. So is there like, when you first go on this, is there any sort of, uh, I don't know, like skills or types of things to work on? Or is it like, should you just kind of focus on getting through this thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly wouldn't put a whole lot of too much thought into it. Right. Like I wouldn't, try to overthink it as long as you know how to ride a bike as long as you know balance is a pretty fundamental thing like you want to be comfortable on the bike so that if you need to to stop or you need to put a foot down like you need to be able to do that pretty easily but beyond that you know if you're comfortable on a bike and staying upright then you should be just fine and a lot of the bikes these days you know if if you've never ridden a bike or you know you've only seen people like riding in the street on these like really skinny tires. Mountain bikes are, are a lot different. And especially today's bikes, the tires are, are way wider. I mean, mountain bike tires, some of them are, are getting up to as wide as like a car tire in some cases. And so you can, you can balance on those a lot easier. And the other thing about mountain biking compared to like road biking or, or just riding on the street or commuting, 
a lot of people feel a lot safer. You know, it doesn't seem that way right away. Like if you watch mountain bike videos online and you see these guys just like jumping off cliffs and, you know, going fast through the trees, you think, man, that looks dangerous. But one, you're not going to be doing that right away. I don't, I don't do that. (laughs) A lot of us don't. Those are just like the pro athletes that, that are able to do that kind of stuff. But reality is you're, you're also off the road. I mean, for a lot of people, a lot of people are scared to ride on the road because of cars. And so you, you take that out of the equation when you're riding on a mountain bike trail. And then the other thing is if you do fall and, and you will fall at some point, I mean, that's, that's part of learning. And, and even again, the best pro riders, they fall all the time. But when you fall, you're falling onto dirt generally, you know, softer surfaces than the pavement where you can really, you can really get scraped up a lot more, or, you know, bang your head harder or things like that. So, so in a lot of ways, mountain biking is to me is a lot safer and, and more approachable for that reason. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So if it sounds like if you can basically ride a bike with some you know, decent skills, you're going to be fine on like a beginner mountain biking trail. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So if you don't know how to ride a bike, maybe just go learn how to ride a a bike first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure about, about that part. I've taught my kids and, you know, kids these days, if, if you're a parent and you're thinking, oh, mountain biking could be a good fun, fun family activity. uh, These days, kids are learning on bikes without pedals, which really helps. So um, I don't know that there's like an adult version of this, but the thinking is that you teach a, a young kid, you know, at like two years old, um, a lot of cases, you teach them balance first. So they, they get a bike that has no pedals. All they have to do is just like practice keeping upright and going down little hills and sticking their feet up. And then once they get the balance right and they're a little bit taller, um, then you can add pedals to the mix. So it's it's like you're learning the two things separately instead of trying to have to do both at the same time. So again, I don't know if that's applicable to, to grownups, but yeah, I mean, balance seems to be the fundamental thing. And then once you have that, just spin the pedals. Okay. No, that's interesting. So are they, do kids bikes, are they kind of not using uh, training wheels anymore? Yeah, no, you'll get shamed if you use training wheels <laughs> these days. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And there's nothing wrong with it, but, but yeah, people will in the neighborhood will definitely be like, huh, you got training wheels for your kid, huh? Um, (laughs) Cause you know, training wheels are, they're really awkward. You know, our kids, our kids got like bikes from neighbors at various points with training wheels and they were really confused by them. And I I was too, cause it's like, you can kind of like cheat, like you, you're off balance, but and you'll like lean a little bit and then it'll catch you. And the wheels are like, they're loud. And I don't know, it's not a great way, but yeah, our youngest son, he, he was riding with pedals at three, I think he's, yeah, he's definitely before four years old. So you can teach kids a lot younger if you just skip the training wheels and, and give them a balance bike. Okay. Interesting. Had no idea that was going on. (laughs) Okay. So let's say someone's, you know, they've rented a bike, gone out and done, you know, a trail, they've maybe gone two or three times and it seems like they're into it. Would the next step to be for them to start investing in their own equipment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that I love, I'm cheap. And so one of the things I love about mountain biking compared to other grown up activities, like say golf or tennis or something like that is, is it's 
essentially is free every time you go, right? You just have to invest in the equipment or skiing too. I mean, skiing, you got to buy a lift ticket or a season pass, but mountain biking, if you've got a bike, you can show up at most trails and, and just ride as much as you want and it's completely free. So, but that being said, there is that initial investment. And the first thing obviously is going to be to get a bike um, and also a helmet. Those are like the two things that you got to have. Um, there's obviously a lot of other equipment that you can have that you can add on as you get more into the sport and as you want to get more comfortable. But, but yeah, the basics are a bike and a helmet. And when you start looking at bikes, there's a huge price range, just like cars, right? I mean, you can get a, you can get a basic car that's going to get you around and do just fine, or you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a car. Um, and bikes are no different. So most people, you know, maybe if you've been, been in your, in your local department store, your Walmart or target, you know, you've probably seen bikes there for, I think you can get them for a hundred dollars probably. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, there are $10,000 mountain bikes. And obviously those are for people, the expensive ones are for people who are really, really into the sport. And the other ones are, it's hard. <laughs> It's very tempting to buy one of these hundred dollar bikes at a department store and and i don't I don't want to tell anybody that they can't do that, but at the same time, I don't know that you're gonna enjoy the sport as much if you start out with something sort of that bargain basement um, so what I did when I started out was I bought a used mountain bike and you know, that can be tough as well because you don't know what you're looking at. And, you know, if you're on Craigslist and somebody's got a bike and it's $200 and you're like, I don't know if that's a good deal or not, but, but yeah, have a friend help you out, help you find a, new, a used bike. That can be a really good way to get started because you can get something that's, you know, a solid piece of equipment that's not going to break down on you. That's going to be easy to repair if you need to, um, possibly you can upgrade it down the line, but if you need to get a new bike and you go into a local bike shop, you're looking at at least like three to $500 to get sort of an entry level mountain bike. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it kind of sounds like a lot, especially if it's something you're not sure you're going to enjoy. And so again, that's why I recommend renting or, you know, demoing a bike and making sure that's something you really want to do. Also borrowing a bike from a friend. Most of the, the mountain bikers that I know, Again, they, we love getting more people into the sport, having friends join us. And so most of us have a garage full of bikes. <laughs> you know, there's the joke that, you know, people ask like, how many, how many bikes should you have? And the answer is always N plus one. So whatever you have, you always want another one. Um, and so, so you can take advantage of that. If your friends are really into the sport, chances are they have several extra bikes sitting around. And so borrow one of theirs for a while until they tell you, you can't, you can't borrow this anymore. You got to get your own. <laughs> no, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, Craigslist and stuff can be great. There's especially for like sporting equipment stuff. There's so much used stuff on there. Yep. And yeah, I even, I mean, for me personally, buying stuff on there with the, it's so easy to Google stuff. Just like, um, if you see, if they have the make and model or whatever of the bike, just do a Google search on that and you'll get a ton of reviews and, and everything to see what see if it's actually a decent bike or whatever, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point. And with all these, like, I don't know if people are on these neighborhood, neighborhood email lists or neighborhood uh, websites where you can, you can put out like, I want to buy a mountain bike. 
chances are you got neighbors who bought a bike and they rode it for a little bit and then they haven't touched it for years and they're not selling it. But if somebody wants it, they are like, Oh shoot, that thing's just taking up space in my garage. Um, and so you maybe get a good deal. Maybe you can get a free bike that way. Who knows? Yeah. Good point. And then, so when it comes to like types of mountain bikes, I know there's like hardtail and, and different types. Like what, what do you think people should be looking for to start off with maybe? Yeah, that's another really hard question. And people, there's a lot of debate, you know, if you ask a bunch of other mountain bikers, you get a bunch of different answers. Um, for me, I, I say start with a hardtail and I've been riding and hardtail, you know, for those who don't know, a hardtail is a bike that only has suspension in the front and suspension is what allows the bike to kind of bounce around a little bit. It soaks up the bumps and the roots and things you're going to run over on the trail. It makes it a smoother ride. That's what makes one of the things that makes a mountain bike different from a road bike. So bikes typically will have front suspension and in then you can also get bikes that have rear suspension as well so that the front and the rear wheel move independently. And for me, I think a hardtail or a bike that only has front suspension is more than enough for what most people are going to do, especially when they're starting out. And again, I mentioned that tires now are, are much wider than they used to be in the past. And so these wide tires, they also do a pretty good job of soaking up the bumps and things along the trail. And so for me, I've been, I've been riding a lot of hardtails lately, almost, I think almost exclusively for the past year or two. And this is after years of riding, you know, fancy full suspension bikes that cost thousands of dollars. But these days the, the hardtails are more than enough for what I like to do on the bike. And, and again, they're, they're very capable and they're more capable than they were even just a few years ago. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Cause that's something that I, and generally the, um, hardtails are cheaper too, right? Yeah. They're going to be a lot cheaper. So, and again, this is a personal thing, but to get a bike that, that is a good bike that I would consider a decent bike, if you're looking at a hardtail, um, you could easily get one, a very good bike for $2,000. Um, you could get a decent one, one you're going to be happy with for years for a thousand. Again, that, that sounds, the price sounds like a lot. I don't know. Maybe does a surfboard cost that much. How much is a surfboard? Um, it can usually, I don't know, at least probably three or 400. Okay. So yeah, it's more than a surfboard, but, uh, but, but yeah, at least you're not talking 5,000, which, you know, to get that sort of similar quality of bike with front and rear suspension, you're talking four or 5,000. So I guess, I guess it's about half. It's probably about half what you would spend on a hardtail versus a full suspension bike. Okay. No, that's good to know. Um, and then as far as other stuff, is it really just a helmet that you need at least to get started? Yeah. I mean, that's got to have a helmet, whether there's rules about that or not. Some States require them, some trails that you ride at, you know, when you pull up, they'll have a, a generally have a kiosk with a map and some rules of the trail. And a lot of them, one of the rules is that you have to wear a helmet. So, um, but regardless of that, you should wear one. Um, it's, it's a no brainer, get it. But yeah, you, you want to have that as your minimum safety equipment. Um, but beyond that, you know, gloves are helpful, uh, to prevent calluses and also to, when you sweat, your hands are going to slip on the grips a little bit. So gloves are good to have. And then bike shorts, you know, people, 
bike shorts look goofy and if you've never done it before you're like why do people wear that do they just they just want to look cool or you know look like a biker but bike shorts are actually helpful because they prevent chafing like if you're pedaling you know your shorts are going to kind of rub in between your legs and that can get uncomfortable after a while and then the the bike specific shorts they also have like padding built into them so you know if you haven't ridden a lot before you're gonna you're gonna be sore your butt's gonna be sore after riding for just a little bit and so that may be one of the first things you want to upgrade a lot of people try to like get a bigger saddle or like put a gel cover on their saddle or things like that but really if you get a nice pair of bike shorts uh with it a liner in it. The liner is called a chamois, which is like a French word, but get a bike, bike shorts with a chamois in it. And you'll be way more comfortable than without that. And and you don't need to like upgrade your saddle or anything. Um, and then as far as shoes go, most people are fine in tennis shoes, honestly, to start, but you can, you can also get fancy with that. There are shoes that clip into your pedals. So you're almost like a ski boot binding where, you know, you're attached to the bike, which gives you a little more stability, a little bit better control, but, but yeah, just a helmet and then gloves and shorts if you like, and you should be good to go. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. I know it's easy to get overwhelmed with like all the stuff you can potentially buy for your bike and stuff to wear and like a camelback and all this stuff. But you know, that can all come down the line if you really want to get into it. Yeah. A lot of people think that the camelback is like a necessary thing. Maybe I should include that, but I mean, you will want some, some hydration with you. A lot of bikes are going to come with a, a water bottle mount on the bike. So you can start out with just, just throwing a water bottle in there. And then yeah, if you want to get a fancy, hydration pack so you can haul around a bag of water on your back then you can do that too but um but yeah you don't need it to start out right and then so when people are just kind of start going out is there any like uh safety tips that they should be aware of like to go out with other people or at least go to a a fairly frequent like a trail with other people on it at least or or any anything's like that that i wouldn't think of yeah, I mean, there like a lot of activities. There, there's etiquette um, that maybe is good to know, and one of the rules. I mean, there aren't a lot of rules, honestly, but just just you want to be respectful of everybody that's out there. And so, bikes are typically going to yield to other trail users. So, if somebody is on a trail and they're hiking, or say they're riding a horse, you're going to want to. You're going to want to stop or pull off to the side or whatever to let them by because in most cases they have the right of way. And speaking of horses in particular, they can get really spooked by people riding mountain bikes, which is something most people probably don't know and wouldn't think of. But if you're on your bike and you're rolling past a horse, there, there's a very good chance that they will freak out and, and could knock their rider off or just take off running through the woods. So that is a, that's more of a safety thing for the horse rider and a respect thing too. And I'm told that it's because mountain bikers look like they look like weird mountain lions or cheetahs or something to a horse because you're like moving pretty fast, but you're like smooth and you know, so they, they really don't like bikes. So yeah. And then if you're coming across other bikers, say you're on one of these single track trails where again, there really isn't room to pass, you know, it's only wide enough for one rider. And and if somebody's coming toward you, generally the rider who is going downhill 
is going to want to yield to the rider who's going uphill. That's just a like standard convention. We've had some debate about that in our community about like, well, you know, is it really fair? Should the person going down? But anyway, just to keep it simple, you're going to want to yield to the person that's climbing up the trail. So if you're going down, you want to slow down and kind of get to the side and let them by. Um, but again, the, the main thing is just be friendly with other people on the trail and communicate with them, make eye contact, say hello, and that, that will alleviate most of the problems. And nobody's going to get mad at you if you're, if you're smiling and you're waving and, and saying hi. Again, I think that, that can alleviate most of the conflicts. I, I like to ride with a bell as well, like a little handlebar bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems like something you'd see on a kid's bike, but... It's really handy for like if you come up behind someone who's hiking, say, and and they don't hear you because a lot of times they have earphones in or for whatever reason they don't know you're behind them. You can kind of ding your bell, which is a lot nicer way to say hello than to yell at them like get out of the way or (laughs) or whatever. You could startle them, but a bell is nice to have on the trail. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I'll have that just on the. I put one of those on my bike here for the beach path because it's the same thing. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, you want to let people know that you're coming to get around them. But yeah, yelling's a bit awkward and, and some people take it the wrong way. Okay, cool. No, that's good to know. The The etiquette stuff is important. Um, and then so, I mean, are there any, so kind of just starting off with beginner trails and everything like that, are there any types of skills or things to know about in regards to like braking or like body position or any basics like that or, or maybe good resources you could give people? Yeah, I mean there there are a ton of skills videos and tutorials and things like that online these days and you can there's even skills classes you can take that sort of travel around so chances are in your community if you've got a good mountain bike community there are skills clinics that take place that you can pay for and go do for half a day or for a weekend. But yeah, I mean braking, you know, people will tell you don't use your front brake because you, you could flip over. Um, and I don't know, I, that's, that's probably scaring people a lot. I know a lot of people that really like freak out about braking, but, but yeah, I mean, just use both of the brakes most of the time and you'll be fine. And also, yeah, I mean, again, it comes down to, I think it's balance. And what's cool is a lot of trails, these days have what's called a skills area. And a lot of times it'll be like in the parking lot or, you know, just off the parking lot at a trail. Um, and you can go there and literally practice your skills. So they'll have a few rocks piled up where you can go and practice going over the rocks and it'll be progressive. So they'll have like a small rock pile and then like a medium one and a big one. And so you practice on the small one. And once you're comfortable with that, you work up to the medium and then they'll also have what are called skinnies which is, you know, it's usually like a board and these are progressive as well. So you'll have like a little boardwalk type thing that's maybe a couple feet wide and then they'll have one that's one foot wide and then they'll have some that are like just inches wide. And so you can use that to practice your balance and keeping, you know, riding in a straight line. And so, yeah, I, I, my kids especially, they love doing that stuff. I think as adults, we're like in too much of a hurry to like get to the good part or like, you know, we just want to be good at something right away or we want to jump right into it. But if you take the time to really practice those skills, you know, you'll be a lot more comfortable on the trail. And, and honestly, you know, it's, it's kind of fun in itself, you know, you get your buddies 
uh, to go out there to the skills area and just hang out, you know, crack a couple beers if you're allowed to do that and you're of age and yeah, just, just practice. We call it sessioning. Uh, okay. No, that's good. I didn't know that stuff existed. So that's good to hear. Um, and then as far as like, there's kind of like trails and then there's also sort of like mountain biking parks, right? Yeah, that's becoming much bigger thing. A lot of ski resorts are adding bike parks uh, to their offerings, their summer offerings. And in a lot of cases, it's interesting to me because, you know, with, with global warming and everything, like ski seasons are becoming shorter or they're just unpredictable. You know, one year it'll be great and one year not so great. So mm-hmm. a lot of these resorts are really pouring a lot of money into summer activities, particularly mountain biking. And so at a lot of ski resorts, you can you buy a lift ticket and they'll haul your bike up to the top of the mountain and then you can ride down the mountain and they build all kinds of different trails. Some will be sort of natural through the woods, you know, with like rocks and roots and trees and things and skinny sharp turns and stuff like that. And then others will be more of the like bike park style, I think, which is what you're talking about that are like machine built, you know, they'll they'll bring like bulldozers in and all kinds of stuff and build these massive dirt jumps and uh, corners and all kinds of stuff that you can in most cases that you can choose to just roll down, you go down slowly and you can just kind of like ride over them, kind of a roller coaster feel. And then if you're really good, you go down fast and you launch into the air and you do all the stuff that you see like on Red Bull and, and a lot of videos online and stuff. Right. Okay, cool. And then, so for most people, is it just kind of a, a, just a natural progression of, you know, you're doing the easy trails and then once you're feeling pretty good on those, just head up to the intermediate and, and just keep going with what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. At the bike port parks, for sure. They'll have the trails graded just like ski trails. And so yeah, I start out on the beginner trails and work up to intermediate. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'd never got into skiing a lot. And so I guess I'd, I was never like, I was never really that competent at it. So I don't know how it is with mountain biking, but I feel like, I feel like with mountain biking, it takes a long time to really progress. I mean, I guess you could, you could show up to a a bike park, never having ridden. And by the end of the day, you'd probably be riding some blue trails. You know, maybe you would even work up to the courage to do a black trail, but you're not going to do it very well. If that makes sense. Like, like you could get down it, but I think you wouldn't enjoy it and, and you wouldn't like maximize sort of what the, the trail is built for, if that makes sense. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that's maybe like a concern that people would have is like, they're making the jump from, you know, beginner to intermediate or something like that. And then they're like, well, shit, this thing, this trail is just way too hard. Is there, <laughs> are you kind of able to just, if that's the case to just kind of slowly go down this thing and, and probably be okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's cool. The, the trails that they're building, there's like a style of trail now called the flow trail. And it was designed basically with, with that idea in mind where anybody could ride down it and, you know, they could just be on their brakes the whole way and, you know, it's smooth and pretty easy to get down and, and they would, they would enjoy it. You know, it wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm down at the bottom now and I'm not dead. So these are great, like family trails, beginner trails. And then, but these same trails are built so that if you're really good and you're, you're a fast rider, you can have just as much fun, but in kind of a different way. And so you're 
like airing some of the jumps, you know, they have, they'll have like two little kind of bumps in a row. And so like, if you're a beginner, you just like go over bump number one and go over bump number two. Whereas a pro rider is going to come down, they're going to jump off the first one and they're going to land on the backside of the second one. And so, you know, there's just stuff like that and trails are built that way. There's a lot of thought that goes into the trails and how they're designed. And there's, yeah, just a lot of options today that make it fun for everybody. So yeah, it's a really good time to be starting out for sure. Cool. I dig that. And then, so are there any, um, I don't know, like mountain biking, like groups or, or meetups or stuff like that, that you would recommend people join or like, I don't know, trail building stuff or cleanups or anything like that? Yeah. Mountain biking is really unique in that it's a very community focused sport or um, lifestyle, really. I mean, almost every town or city that has mountain bike trails is going to have a mountain bike club that is responsible for building or maintaining those trails. And these clubs are usually set up and to work with like local governments or places that, that own land and they'll be the, the clubs will be the ones that go to get permission to build trails. They'll be the ones again that maintain them. And so clubs are really important part of mountain biking. And so that is a good place to start for sure. Like find out about your local mountain bike club, see if they're going to be working on trails. Cause you know, they always need help doing that sort of thing. Um, and then most of them will also do social activities too. And, and they'll put on races, you know, racing is a kind of a big part of mountain biking. It's definitely not like a required part. You know, if you're thinking like, oh, I'm not, not the kind of person who wants to race or compete, that's totally fine. There are many, many mountain bikers who never race the whole time. You know, they, they just do it for fun. Um, but if you are a competitive person or you enjoy, you know, riding with a bunch of other people, then, definitely sign up for a race too. You know, you can meet a lot of cool people that way. Uh, so yeah, there are a ton of ways to get connected. And then of course, online, there are tons of Facebook groups and meetup groups. And um, generally people are, are really stoked to have new people join them. I know a lot of bike shops too, you know, your local bike shop is a good resource to use to get connected with other mountain bikers. A lot of shops will have like a weekly ride that they organize and so you can show up to one of those or usually, you know, just anybody can come and come out and meet other people and ride with them. Um, and then even there's just cool clubs. I, I ride with a club here um, once a week. We do a ride on Tuesday nights and, you know, we call it a no drop ride, which means if you come out, we're not going to, we're not going to leave you behind. You're not going to get lost in the woods. We're, we're going to make sure that that yeah you're good and you know if you have a flat tire we're going to be there to help you out and get you on your way sweet i like that the no drop ride that's good and then uh yeah it seems like a good way to kind of if you don't even know anybody who's a mountain biker and you know obviously want to make some friends to go out and and offer to help build trails and and anything like that be a good way to to meet some people who then could potentially you know have bikes you could borrow and are willing to help you you know, teach you a little bit and stuff like that too, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain bikers are tend to be pretty social and you know, it is an interesting mix. Some, it does seem to attract some introverts, but also, um, a lot of extroverts. So it's a good mix of people. And I would say, 
you know, one of the best ways, if you have a good shop, you know, show up to your shop, like on a Friday evening, a lot of shops, they'll have like beer and stuff and people will just be hanging out at the shop. You know, that can be a really good time to, to meet people socially and, and try to like get a foot in the door that way. Okay, cool. And then just, I mean, to find this stuff, just probably a Google search or maybe try social media or something like that. Yeah. I mean, everything's on the internet now and, and, you know, websites like ours, uh, will have forums. So if you're comfortable with that kind of thing, you know, signing up on a forum and asking questions and, you know, we, we have people, plenty of people all the time that say that, like, I'm thinking about getting into mountain biking and, you know, I found these two bikes on Craigslist. Like, what do you guys think? And you'll get a bunch of replies within a few hours of people trying to help you out. And same thing, you know, you say, Hey, I just moved to this city. Like, where's a good place to ride? Or are there any group rides? And, you know, people usually reply pretty quickly and you can, you can get connected that way. Nice. Cool, man. Well, this is great. Is there anything else that anything else you want to add or, or questions you get often that, that you want to share or anything like that? Or have we done a good job of covering this stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, we've done a pretty good job. I think one of the things we did a couple years ago, I reached out to a number of my friends who had stopped mountain biking and I asked them, you know, why, why don't you do it anymore? You know, like what are the barriers to getting started? And, and I think we covered most of them here. I mean, if you don't have a bike, obviously that's a barrier or you're not sure where to ride, but uh, another one just in general seems to be time. And all of us are busy and, you know, everybody's going to fill up whatever time they have. So, you know, I, I doubt there's anybody out there who's like, Oh, I just got some extra time. Like I need to find something to do. Maybe you do. And that's awesome. But, but yeah, time seems to be the biggest thing. And people will say, well, I've, you know, I've got family commitments or I've got just, yeah, just no time. Cause I'm doing other stuff. But so mountain biking does take a time commitment is what I'm trying to say. And part of that can be if you have to drive to trails and that takes time and then, then rides themselves. I mean, most people are going to go out and ride for probably at least a couple of hours, uh, which, which is not short, you know, compared to other things that you could be doing. So it does take a little bit of creativity and, and finding ways to like integrate that into your daily life, I guess. Um, and so that's why it's good. Like if you can get your family involved, make it a family activity, or if you can, uh, integrate it into your commute, even, you know, a lot of people maybe don't realize that, that there are like trails between, their home and their work and they could jump on the trail on the way to work and on the way back and enjoy mountain biking that way. Or in some cases, like what I do, I ride at night because I got a lot of other stuff going on during the day. And so uh, nighttime tends to be a good time to do that. So yeah, don't let time be something that keeps you from doing it because you can make time for it. And, and it's worthwhile in my opinion for the benefits that, you know, you sort of mentioned at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, totally. And I mean, if you're already going to the gym or something, you can just like allocate your time for the gym to go mountain biking or something like that. Like there's, there's other benefits to it. And, you know, you're getting out into like on a trail into nature a bit. It's kind of like a, at least for me, it's like a nice little reset to get out and, and do that kind of stuff. So yeah, there are definitely a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's way better than the gym. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, this is awesome, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, I, this is great for me, dude. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, so hopefully we help some people out, uh, listening to, um, so 
Let's tell everyone where they can find some more stuff on you. I guess tell them your website, podcast, tell us where we should go. Yeah. So yeah, our website is singletracks.com. And we do is we publish articles, reviews, and travel reports and things like that every day. Um, And then we also do our own podcast. So we talk about mountain biking every week, once a week. Uh, It's just called the Single Tracks Podcast. And you can find that on iTunes and probably all the same places you can find curiosityness. Right on. Cool, man. Well, yeah, I'll have links to the to the website and everything like uh, any social media things you want to throw out. Oh, we're on all of them. <laughs> yeah, go to the website. Right. It's all there. Okay, sweet, Jeff. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on and, you know, sharing what you got. And yeah, I think this was a great, you did a great job of kind of uh, making it approachable and, and like digestible to someone just starting like me. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Travis. Cool, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend and maybe we can go riding sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Thanks to Travis for having me on his podcast, Curiosityness, which you can find on iTunes and other popular podcast platforms. That's all we have this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.